ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Wipols, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report. And Mary Lee Bliss, Wipols' chief content officer, is here to discuss everything you need to know about how fashion and social media intersect and influence young consumers' clothing purchases. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Often when you and I chat, we find ourselves speaking about social media. It's where young consumers connect and where we in turn pick up young consumer cultural signals and larger behavioral trends. And it's increasingly almost entirely a visual landscape. So it's not surprising that the intersection of fashion and social media is both notable and important. However, like with so many things, young consumers seem to be rewriting the rules and the relationship between these two things isn't as straightforward as people might think. Mm -hmm. But before we dive into your findings and discuss what it all means, can you give us some information about the trend report, the geographic territory you cover, the age of who you survey, and the methodology you use? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Y-Pulse surveys young consumers, 13 to 39-year-olds, about a huge trend that we see that they're driving every month. We have a survey that's dedicated to exploring that trend, asking them about their points of view and their behaviors around it. This trend report fits for the feed, which really dives into the impact of viral social style trends on their shopping and retail behaviors and their own style and expression. It was fielded in U.S. and Canada. Um, among 1,450 13 to 39 year olds, nationally representative with quotas across age and gender and race, ethnicity and region for both countries. And with such a large sample, we're very close with our margin of error to seeing real reflections of how young consumers are feeling about this. I love that. So anyway, we talk a lot about the social, as I said. So in one sense, not surprising that social, generally speaking, is influencing fashion. But where and how the influence is happening is important. So let's first talk about where. Are all platforms equal for all audiences? Not at all. (laughs) Short answer. (laughs) So... I think you're right. Yes, in so many ways. Yes, it's obvious that social media is impacting how young consumers dress and and their style. It's been a democratization of the fashion landscape that's been happening for some time, right? We've watched the demise of fashion magazines in terms of being the influencers and the gatekeepers of style and trends and watched as that power balance has really shifted to be all about the feeds that young consumers are are spending their time on. But as you said, definitely not all feeds are created equal. When we look at where Gen Z and millennials are finding fashion inspiration, the number one place by far in a list that includes celebrities and fashion designers and TV shows and families and friends and all different social media platforms, the number one response for Gen Z is TikTok. Yeah. And the number one answer for millennials is Instagram, but followed very closely by TikTok. Wow. This is notable. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. The, the, those platforms are different. They're different. And, and so the ways, ways. I, I would think like the cues and the ways in which the influence is happening mm-hmm. is, is different. So, hmm. 
I guess, where do I even start? First of all, any other demographic nuances with regard to platform preference, gender, race, orientation, anything we should be aware of? Or is it really these big differences, this Gen Z millennial difference? These are the biggest differences. But I think a huge takeaway is that TikTok and Instagram leading in terms of where fashion is being influenced kind of across the board. And I think another major thing to note here is something we've talked about before with TikTok's growth, but the speed at which this platform has become influential over so many aspects of young consumers' lives is really almost shocking. Hmm. And one of the reasons it is different from Instagram in terms of how they're discovering style on TikTok versus Instagram, the algorithms work differently. And one of the big appeals of TikTok for young consumers is that they can discover so many things. It's not just the people they're following, right? That for you page is bringing up things that the app has decided they might be interested in. And so it's a a new democratization because it's not just about the user choosing who to follow. It's about the platform surfacing anything they might be interested in. And so all of a sudden style becomes organized under these trending hashtags, cottage core and goblin core and regency core and pearl core, other things as well. Of course, Y2K, other things trend on the app, but these hashtags all of a sudden become huge drivers of trends. And the people behind those hashtags are young people like Gen Z and millennials are the young people who are creating the content. Well, that is so a couple of questions around how important hashtags are. First of all, putting on my, I'm an old person hat. (laughs) What is the core? What it let's when, when it's college core regency core, what does the core part stand for? What does that even mean? Is that, does that definitely equal clothing or is it just, this is a trend? I mean, why put core? Yeah, it's, it's kind of an aesthetic, kind of a a slang for this is an an overarching aesthetic. So it's definitely not just a fashion. We talk about when I mentioned goblin core, that's about core dark academia is, is another, again, that's, it's about design and not just what you're wearing, but how you're decorating your home and even the, your hobbies and your interests. So it's much more overreaching than just style. And is it truly, these are, these are hashtags that are originating. If you trace them way back to their beginning, individuals are coming up with these hashtags. Yeah, or absolutely. are they or are they populated by any other force? They're certainly not being created by brands, if that's the underlying question. Most of them, a majority of them are this organic growth of something that you know, really piques young consumers' interest, whether they're actually decorating their homes this way or even dressing this way themselves, they want to see that content and they're intrigued by that content. And so the views around it grow and then the algorithm picks it up, brings well, it into the For You page. And, and these hashtags, this sounds like it's very TikTok. Would you see the same hashtags on Instagram as you see on TikTok? So we definitely see crossover, but the way that the platforms work, as you said, it's very different. And hashtags really do dominate a lot of the conversation in TikTok land in a way that they don't on Instagram, because on Instagram, while there is discovery, you can scroll through reels and there is trending content. And of course, they've been mimicking TikTok in order to have 
more of that functionality. It's definitely not the original way that young consumers have used Instagram. So it's a little bit different and less hashtag driven in terms of the trends that pop up there. I've often heard young people talk about the difference between TikTok and Instagram and that Instagram is is sort of airbrushed and idealized, whereas TikTok is more real. Is, is that true even when we're talking about fashion? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a video driven platform versus a static image driven platform. Yes, okay. Reels has become far more popular and Instagram has absolutely been pushing Reels in the face of TikTok's dominance. Mm. So video is important on Instagram as well, but when you think just about the mentalities behind those two medium, a static image, you're going to have a lot more of a desire to have that more staged and perfect and there's a lot of filtering around that whereas videos tend to be a little bit more raw or a little bit less staged. That said, a lot of the videos that are under the hashtags and and styles and aesthetics that trend on TikTok are very idealized and are either romanticized or very carefully crafted. So that content exists on TikTok as well. Okay. All right. Now I've interest, I've interviewed marketing researchers about not using too many hashtags. So if I'm a brand, I'm not generating the hashtag, but I I should employ the hashtag. Is there any danger of me misusing the hashtag when wandering into these waters? If you're a retail and fashion brand, you need to be paying attention to the hashtags and styles that are trending on TikTok and Instagram. And so I think the danger is not paying attention. And I think there's definitely not a pushback among young consumers in terms of brands jumping in and showing how potentially their products could work into any of these aesthetics. Um, We do ask in this research for young consumers to tell us how brands should interact with fashion trends and aesthetics that are popular on social media. Mm. The number one answer is to collaborate with influencers that represent that trend. So putting the power in the hands of the creators who are responsible for spreading this in the first place. It really should be the first step when, if we're talking about a fashion trend or any other trend, a meme, whatever it might be, the first thing a brand should do is put it in the hands of the creators, tap the creators. They know better than you. The number two response for young consumers on this question is to show how your products are part of the trend and aesthetic. So, and that's very close after collaborating with influencers. So brands should be figuring out how they fit into these things. Now that means moving pretty quickly. How how often are these things changing? It feels like there's a new hashtag style core on TikTok on a weekly basis, to be honest with you. Now, some of them are really long lasting. Y2K has been trending for some time, but there are smaller ones that pop up. It's all about kind of these niche aesthetics and niche trends and the brands that move really quickly, she is kind of the top example of that, are able to output small product drops that respond to these in really quick amounts of time. But a lot of brands can't move that fast. So you kind of have to figure out how what you already have works into that hashtag or appeal in a different way. Would a brand ever work with an influencer to create a hashtag? Has that ever happened or no? I'm sure it's been attempted. I think one thing we've learned, whether it's trying to jump onto a meme or uh, capitalize on a hashtag community around that hashtag, is that the magic is in the organic growth. Okay. okay. 
And then so, so you can't force it. You is really, really can't force it. You really can't force it. And even playing off of, of memes and hashtags, there has to be a light touch in a, in a lot of ways. And young consumers are kind of cognizant of, of brands trying too hard. Now, when it comes to fashion specific hashtags, I think there's a little bit more leeway because it's, it's very aesthetic and there's not a lot of misstepping that you can do. You're not making a grand statement about a view you are showing how potentially your products can fit into something that's trending. Right. Now, I want to cycle back to something you said earlier in our conversation around democratization of the fashion landscape and that uh, fashion magazines reduced prominence. One of the things that you will see are on Instagram, Vogue editors. They have big followings and they're on Instagram. So are they an influencer or are they Vogue? If I'm a digital fashion brand, like a Vogue, a Glamour, is that how they migrate? Is it that they make their editors or they encourage their editors to be those influencers? And if I'm a millennial and I'm answering your survey, am I considering that person a celebrity? Am I considering Mm -hmm. them an influencer? Am I considering them Instagram? What, how, how would they be categorized? I would say, of course, there's going to be some variety depending on who you're asking, but most young people would probably view them as influencers. And I think there's some really interesting data that we uncovered in terms of who is driving trends and creating things. Right. And the, the switch that we've seen, right, is that instead of being the ones creating the trends, the people who are working at Vogue all of a sudden are influencers who are following the zeitgeist as opposed to setting oh, it. Oh, I see. So, so who influences the influence? They're not yeah. the creators. I right. see. It, most of the time. So when we ask young people who's most important when it comes to creating new fashion trends, their number one response is individuals like me. Their wow. Two wow. response is my generation. Now, this is out of a response option list that includes celebrities, fashion designers, brands and corporations, social media influencers. So they really see themselves as the ones who have the, the decision making power, the ones who are driving the trends. Wow. Let's talk about main character energy, right? Yeah. They are are absolutely doing that. So if a brand is looking to partner it, obviously they're looking at social and they're looking at independent influencers. That's really where they need to be looking, right? Absolutely. And when it comes to who is most important uh, in spreading new fashion trends. So we asked about creating, and then we asked about spreading. Mm-hmm. The number one response when it comes to spreading new fashion trends to more people is social media influencers. So okay. they really see kind of the ecosystem of fashion trends as young people, their peers, people like them are creating the trends. And then influencers are sharing those out to their large followings and making them spread. Is it fashion or performance art? Is feedwear mm. streetwear? Yeah, we did explore that. And that was really big motivation behind this, this research. We knew, of course, that social media was going to be the top response when it came to right. what's influencing their style. That's not the big discovery here. We did want to explore what that looks like. We wanted to explore what viral style really means in their lives. And we wanted to really look at when... Pearl core, Regency core, whatever the cores are, are trending on TikTok. Are you walking around the world and seeing young people dressed like this? What does this look like in their real lives? And we did find really, really interestingly, 
a huge difference between how they're dressing for social media and how they're dressing in real life with huh. 72% of young people telling us that social media fashion is different than in-person fashion. And half of them telling us that their social media style is different from how they dress day to day. Okay. Well then following on from that, do I need to care? I, if I'm, <laughs> if I am the, I should back up. If I'm walking around the streets of New York, I am not seeing a lot of Regency Corp. Sure. I would say I am seeing a lot of combat boots and hoodies. So mm -hmm. if I'm the combat boot hoodie manufacturer, should I say whatever? I mean, how, where, where does the real purchasing happen? And are people purchasing things to dress up in this performance art of social media? I mean, I guess there's several questions there. No? <laughs> there are, and they're all valid and interesting and things that we explore in the report, because what does this mean for brands? And right. I think what it is, is a huge opportunity because should you care? Absolutely. If you have the capability to play into these hashtags, people are buying things specifically to wear them on social. Seriously, they're buying, it's, like, it's like dress up then. It is like dress up. It is like dress up. 54% of young people have worn an outfit somewhere only to take a photo or video of it for social media. And I love this because there's so many different reels and TikToks that show this and this kind of a. So you mean the reveal? It. They they actually show it as yeah. a like I am getting ready. I'm changing into my outfit. Exactly. And here I am. Twenty six percent, a quarter, have worn something comfortable to a location, then changed into a different outfit for social media. It makes me think about the old print photo shoots where you have the couture dress and the person is posed next to the Maasai in the middle of the bush. And obviously you're not wearing your couture hanging out in the bush, but it makes for a dramatic counterpoint. Yeah. Although it isn't cheap. And we've talked about the financial anxiety of this cohort of mm -hmm. people. So they're buying this stuff to, to wear it, to take a picture. Are they then keeping it or are they reselling it? Is this actually an opportunity for the real, real. Absolutely. And think about how much resale platforms, whether high end, like the real, real or thread up or Depop or any of these other platforms have grown with this generation really fueling their popularity. So secondhand is, is a huge part of their retail behavior. And absolutely it's something that would, would be a natural step for them to buy something where it wants for social media and then resell it 100%. I think the other thing is they might keep it and, and post it another time. And it's just different from what they're going to wear in real life. Okay. Well, here's a question. Is it okay to post it more than once or have you, how you don't wear the same prom dress as somebody right. else, if you right. will? I mean, or is that okay? So they do post things more than once. It, they yeah. Can... I think it's, there's no hard and fast rules. And that would really depend on the individual young person that you're asking. There's absolutely not rules around that. And mm -hmm. I think for the most part, if you're going to buy something for social media, specifically for the picture, probably you're not going to wear it a lot more times, right? But it's right. not like they would be scorned. I think an important thing to remember is we wrote our trend, new content creators earlier this year, and we explored just how many young people are micro-influencers. Right. The majority continue to tell us, the last time we asked, I believe it was 68%, tell us that they 
create content on social media for an audience beyond their family and friends. They it's, are so it is performance art. Content. This is this is performance. It is it is performance. It's content and it's also about how they want to be perceived. They the way that they are on social media is who they want people to see them as. 56% of young people tell us that their style on social media better represents their personality than what they wear in a day-to-day life. But that that, res- that response boggles my mind because (laughs) your day-to-day in real life interactions, they're saying, oh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. It's actually this other thing where you never are actually interacting with me real life. That's who I really am. I am I am more my avatar version of myself than myself's version of myself. Is that arguably far more people are seeing them on social media than are seeing them in real life. Oh but they're not having real interactions with them. So I guess that goes- I don't know if I would say that. To young people, interactions online are just as real and significant. The relationships that they create there and the the bonds and the communities, these are some of the top places that they're finding community. Again, a different trend report, clicking on community, which we wrote in the last year. Social media is a huge source of community. It's a, a place where they find commonalities and niche groups who share their interests and real friends. So I don't know that I would say that they're not real. That's interesting. Well, in a, in another interview, I spoke with somebody, a a Gen Xer who was talking about dressing for success. So you sort of dressing for leveling up in your career. Do they parse it by where they are? Is there anything which is like work core or in real life core, or is it all funny? It's not. Yeah. It's so funny. I said, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, there could be, I'm not going to say that that won't happen, but um, it hasn't. It ha- I haven't seen it. I think one of the big things to talk about as well, when we talk about they're dressing differently on social media than they are in real life is on social media, they are posting content and it's a a more brief moment in time than they're all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. one of the huge drivers, huge drivers of their all day, everyday fashion is comfort. What they're wearing on social media might not be as comfortable as what they're wearing in their real lives. And in real life, their day-to-day style, comfortable, normal, casual are the huge drivers of what they're putting on. And we explored that as well. Okay, if they're wearing more costume, more dress up, they're dressing up for social media, what Mm. does their real lifestyle look like? And we found that, yes, comfort absolutely rules all and in their real life. And 68% of young people agree Sweatpants are acceptable to wear basically anywhere. So loungewear is dressing up in real life. Loungewear is acceptable in so many venues of their worlds when they are in person, including, sorry, extras who want people to to dress for their next role, including the office. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. work leisure, as it's being called, is kind of a post-COVID norm. And when we talk about career, 56% of young people tell us that when thinking about their future and career, being able to dress casually is extremely or very important to them. Really? So that, that actually is part of their consideration set. Yeah. It's not the number one thing, you know, salary, (laughs) 
Right. (laughs) Right. Respect mental health, all those things, very important. But the majority tell us that it matters to them. And we see reports from other retailers or platforms or point of sale information from Afterpay and others who say that these loungewares that are made for the office are the sales are growing. And J. Crew and Ann Taylor are actually kind of competing with Lululemon. If we're dressing up and performing on social with our clothing. Do we ever, these, these real life day-to-day comfortable, casual, are those things posted as well or not so much? Yeah, I think they absolutely are. And there are also trends really poking fun at the difference. Oh. Young people are nothing if not self-aware <laughs> self-aware and self-reflective and, and tongue-in-cheek and they have a dark sense of humor and there's tons of trends of Instagram versus reality showing okay. them changing out of the comfortable clothes into the ball gown or showing here's my social media style and then here's me in sweats at school, no makeup and showing the contrast of that. Um, so mm. it's, it's not something that they're hiding. So there is this self-awareness. Okay. Well, so I'm a brand. How do I, how do I do this? Well, who's doing it really well? Yeah. So it depends what kind of brand you are and you need to figure out the best opportunity for you. Niche styles are unquestionably a part of young people's lives. And so there is an opportunity to chase them, recreate them and, and package them and sell them, right? If you can move fast enough. So Shein is the, the example that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. They are able to, because of their the way that their production is set up, really quickly produce clothing that is very cheap. Now there's lots of things we could talk about there. Well, I how, wanted to, I mean, how eco-conscious, is... how there's a lot of value stuff that we could talk about there. But the reality is, is that they're very successful. And this is one of the reasons that they are is because they're leveraging social media trends really quickly, almost real time and selling them back to young people. Well, and th- what is interesting though, is that it, in order to do this, how are you doing this? How are you working the supply chain? How are you working labor? How are you sourcing things? And all of the claimed values versus executed purchased values. I mean, this reminds me of talking about the big box stores, right? Mm -hmm. So intersection of big box and these types of trends. Are people getting their in real life clothes at the big box store and their social clothes other places or or does it matter? Let's not forget that hashtags like found it on Instagram and bought it at Target um, and all of those things exist on social media as well. It's not only costume dress that's on social media. Think about Charlie D'Amelio. She is in a hoodie and sweatpants in nearly every single video that she posts, right? Mm. So it, 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 social media is vast. There's literally right. endless amounts of content. And so there's room for both of these things, which again is the opportunity for brands. If you can't chase the latest hashtag core trend, that's okay. They want comfortable clothes. They want loungewear. Right. They want them in real life. And they're going to post them probably on social media as well, especially since they're dressing up for their feeds. But when we ask them, the majority of them tell us that the right loungewear outfit is dressing up. Well, it sounds like if we're, if we're really kind of trying to button it up, it sounds like if you're a brand, the most important thing is understanding where you fit in terms of your production and Mm -hmm. how your brand can be extended into social media successfully. 
Absolutely. And if you can't be the latest trend chaser, there's still room for you because there is a whole other side of these young consumers and a different way that they're dressing in real life. So almost room for more brands in their lives. This has been great and so interesting. Could talk about it forever. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, my voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.